what builds things? Is it confidence? Is it the quest for a young man or a woman to get the attention of the opposite sex? Maybe it's the desire to be liked. I don't know. It's a tough one to pinpoint, right? You know what I think? I think it's the struggle to fit in. Common consensus tells us that there are two types of people. There are builders who build things, they make constructions, and there are followers. They take orders. And most of us, if pressed, would say that we're builders, you know? We're not followers. Given the option to lead or to follow, most of us would choose option one. Why? Because following's a drag. One could also argue that it takes both to really make a successful leader, the quality to lead and the quality to follow. I mean, no one wants to take orders from someone that they don't like. That's how you end up in a horrible bosses type of situation, right? So what do you do? How do you get over the hurdle of leading somebody without actually being an enforcer or being seen as a threat or, um, you know, being a dick? As a leader, how do you earn the respect of people that follow you, that you give orders to? Well, one way is don't give orders. Because people don't want orders. People don't respond well to orders. If you look at any thinker, Confucius, for example, explicitly calls um, the idea of ordering somebody uh, a bad thing. It's one of the four bad qualities that he sees in leaders. So there's a fine line. And sometimes you're going to cross it. Sometimes you're going to go to the other side where the person that is following you, that, that you're leading, doesn't want to do a good job. And that begs the question whether you should keep that person in employment or assigned to the project that he or she is assigned to. And that's a judgment call. In the movie business, which I've talked about pretty explicitly in the past five episodes... The people that lead are called directors, right? But directors don't have the final say in a movie, generally, unless they have final cut. And you don't get final cut unless you're Marty Scorsese, or David Fincher, or Steven Soderbergh, or Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, unless you're one of those guys or in that that league of directors, the the A-list guys, people are probably going to order you, even as a director, Even working with a studio like Warner Brothers or Relativity or Lionsgate. It's kind of just the way it is. And it should be that way. Because what denotes whether you as a director or first-time director are going to make something that people will see and that critics will like. That's all really a studio wants. People criticize guys like Michael Bay that make these giant films and Jerry Bruckheimer, who often works with Bay, because they make big films. They make films that aren't necessarily rooted in um, in story and character development. They're rooted in robots and people trying to avenge to save civilization. Because what we saw in 2008 and 2009, you know, during the recession is a period of large unemployment. And when you're unemployed, or maybe you have a job and it's kind of a dead-end job, maybe you work at a factory, which isn't a dead-end job, and and you make um, just enough to survive. 
you don't want to think when you go to the movies. All right, that's one. Number two is if you're a parent, you don't necessarily want to hire a babysitter um, in you know opportunities that you don't have to do that. You want to take your kids to the movies. And so when a movie like Transformers comes out or any of the Marvel films, that's an opportunity to do that. You know, maybe you spend some money uh, uh, to pay for your kids to go to the movie and, and see it, but you're saving money on a babysitter. So you're kind of breaking even that way. The critics of those movies, which make a lot of money, say that those movies don't have substance, that those movies don't make people think and, and they don't really have much insight. You're not really getting anything out of them except 90 to 120 minutes of a good time in the theater. But those are the movies that people talk about. Word of mouth is one of the secret tools that those movies always have. When Transformers came out, what happened? A lot of people saw the movie, and in the first, you know, after the first week's opening, those same people, most of them, were going to talk about it. They were going to talk about it on social media sites like Facebook, and they'll tweet about it on Twitter, and they'll post pictures on Instagram of, of them taking people out to go see the movie. And so it's spreading. It becomes a giant, a juggernaut. Those movies will always do well because of that factor. As opposed to when you see a Mark Duplass movie, for example, you won't necessarily feel the compulsion to tell everybody about it because those movies tend to be more intimate, you know? Those are the movies that I'm into. I'm into the dramatic films that don't make as much money as, uh, as the juggernauts. Because they make you think and they make me feel a certain way that I enjoy, you know? It's a tough thing to sell those movies, though. And so what, what's in it for a studio to make movies like that? There's not a guarantee like there is, essentially. I mean, there's never really a guarantee. But it's definitely more so for a film like Transformers or a film like The Avengers as opposed to a film like... You know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or Sideways. These movies make you think. These movies make you live inside yourself and, and, and breathe through the eyes of the character. They make profound sentiments about the world and about your life. And they're relatable, unlike Transformers. But another quality of those movies is that they bring you down to earth. When you're in Transformers, you can turn off that cynical voice inside your head that says that this isn't real or that this isn't ever going to happen because you're at the movies. You're there to have a good time and you've made an investment. I mean, if you're taking uh, someone out, for example, you know, that's $20 um, without popcorn, without any other concessions, without accounting time and, um, and money for parking. So you're personally invested in this movie just like the people that made it, on a smaller scale, granted, but it's still there. So my advice to you is this. Resist the compulsion to criticize movies like Transformers, because those movies bring people joy, and that's not something that you could say for a movie like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, not to that scale. 
even movies, even if movies like that bring me joy, a, a personal sense of identity and, and who I am, those qualities are rescinded when you include a lot of people into that process, into that journey, and commercialize it. Independent film is stronger now than ever. Just look at your Netflix queue. Most of those movies are probably independent films. And guys like Duplass and Joe Swanberg, who have been characterized as, as drafting this mumblecore revolution, which is a term that they really despise, those guys are bringing independent film back. No one likes cynicism. Nobody. And that's just the way it goes.